broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. It's been six months. Right. Six months since you were buried in rocks. Right. The last six months have possibly been the best six months of your life. That is an interesting situation. (laughs) That's not what I thought you were going to say. (laughs) It started out pretty bad. Yeah. But comparative to the rest of your life, it's been pretty good. You've been treated pretty well because... Six months ago, you found yourself trapped under all this rubble. under all this rubble Mm -hmm. you had a very interesting vantage point because this rubble didn't cut off everything right it crushed your body pretty good you knew that you weren't able to move you weren't able to break yourself free from this because it didn't knock you unconscious you stayed conscious through everything you felt every rock and every piece of boulder crush your body and you were left with about a three inch by five inch viewpoint that let you watch as all of your friends were subjugated and chirp was killed by barry no it's one of the last things you saw before slipping into unconsciousness from the wounds inflicted by the rocks the next thing you remember is this weight being lifted off your chest and air and consciousness rushing into your body with such force that you snapped awake coughing and struggling so much so that the people standing above you you really only registered as shapes at first Hmm. until you came back into yourself a bit 
and saw the face of January. Oh, God damn. About four inches from your face. And he says, Boris! Uh, you look alive! Uh, is, that, is that you, January? Of course it is! You know what? I've got a couple of friends with me. This is and we're gonna come and we're gonna help you out of here, okay? I appreciate it. This is the second time in relatively close succession where I've actually been glad to see your face. We don't have a lot of time though, so um, one of them's gonna put you back under until we can heal you. And I could do the rocks. You go unconscious again. Right before you do though, your vision clears enough that you can take a look around, and you see that January is flanked by two elves hmm. and a dwarf. Wow. And the dwarf looks oddly familiar. I would I would say that Boris would be apprehensive, but he probably wouldn't really. I mean, he's just been into rocks for a long time, and people yeah. might be about to save him. So, I mean, you know. And then you're unconscious. He's gone back into an unconscious state. <laughs> you didn't so. have a choice. <laughs> and he, he could be dreaming for all he knows. True. This he could, could be this the could last. This could actually be the final act of death, or he could have gone yeah. up to some weird afterlife. It could be your brain's last gasp of trying to make sense of things before you die. Yeah. What is a dwarf in Valhalla called? Dwalhalla. <laughs> Dwalhalla. Let's call dwell it Dwalhalla. Dwalhalla. Dwalhalla sounds you good. You dwell there forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Not to be uh, confused with Dwalhalla. Unbeknownst to you at the time, mm -hmm. it's a month before you open your eyes again. Wow. But to you, at least at first, it seems almost instantaneous of closing your eyes and open the, opening them up again. But when you closed your eyes, you were still kind of buried and January is hovering over you. When you open them, though, you're alone in a room in a bed and your body feels the worst it ever has. Mm -hmm. Just like you've been smashed. For, Bo for Boris, that must be pretty bad because he must have felt pretty bad before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as you, you look around, you realize that just just from kind of the, the decorations in the room and the way the room was built, you're in some sort of elven area. Oh, oh this looks like Elrond. And someone comes into the room, and as they get closer to your bed, you see that it is a very thin, blonde elven woman, very tall coming to your bed and she's kind of checking your your bandages and she looks up and realizes, oh, you're awake. Fantastic. I will go tell Master Aldalar. And she walks out of the room and as she does, you kind of slip back into unconsciousness. And then you have this, this period of in and out, in and out where you have these flashes of people standing around your bed and once again you see this really familiar dwarf and after hearing the name Aldalar, you start to think, well, it has to be Aldalar, but something's off. Mm -hmm. Something's weird. Mm -hmm. And finally, after two months, you gain full consciousness. And you look down and you realize that most of your body feels fine. There's still some areas where you're sore, but it seems like most of it's from fatigue. Hmm. You seem to be fully healed at this point. And as you kind of sit up and go to, to get off the bed instinctually, and your legs are a bit weak, and the door opens. And that same blonde elven woman comes in the room and she says, Oh my! It must be time. And she she yells out the door. She says, quickly, quickly. He's awake. He's actually awake this time. Suddenly your room is full of people. Oh, hello. And it's kind of confusing at first because just because everything's happening so quickly. January's in your face. 
penny is in your face out of nowhere. And then she disappears and you don't see her again. And there's several different elves coming and checking on you and checking your vitals and, you know, shining Mm. lights in your eyes and opening your mouth and forcing things down your throat and and checking your reflexes. Uh, Does my throat really need that experience right now? (laughs) And as you protest against these things... They realize that you're you're in full health. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. I've never felt better, honestly. Well, I mean, a, a little bit better, but... As you're saying this, the two elves that were currently in front of you, two male elves, one uh, with jet black hair, the other one with kind of mousy brown hair, uh, they step back and they say... They both kind of look up in unison towards the doorway behind you, and they say, well, I think he's ready for you. Stepping in front of you, you see... Aldalar. Aldalar. But he's a shadow of his former self. Is that you? He seems at least 40 to 50 pounds skinnier than the last time you saw him, which was almost five months ago. You haven't been on one of those keto diets, have you, Eldalar? <laughs> you see, the Eldalar is different in many ways. His lower jaw to his upper sternum has been replaced with this odd ratcheting mechanical apparatus that kind of looks like a lower jaw and throat, but is very obviously too big for that section of his body. Hmm. And you notice that one of his arms, his right arm from the elbow down, is also the same weird kind of mechanical, twitchy-looking metal. Both of his legs from the knees down match this. Huh. And as he kind of clops or clumps in front of you, he makes all these weird weird wow. piston noises. I'm seeing and he scenes looks at from RoboCop says, right now. Kind of. <laughs> Boris, it is so good to see you. Uh Hello, um Eldalor. Yes, I know my appearance is probably disconcerting. I will explain in everything soon, but first, we need to make sure that you are ready. Um, does this involve any uh, kind of physical transplant similar to yourself? No, you got lucky. We found you before your body's systems started to shut down on themselves. I, unfortunately, was found after the damage was done. Huh. Like I said, I will explain soon. But first, we Hmm. need to make sure that you are ready for your training. Okay. Well, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I like your attitude. The next two weeks are spent just getting every kind of test you could possibly ever imagine physically. The elves are coming in and they're having you... Run. They are a very invasive species. It, well, they just want to make sure that you are fully in health and you're ready to go. Hmm. After that week, you you are let out of your room. They deem you full physical health and you're ready to go. One of the things you realize walking out of your room is that there was no window in that room. Huh. And there's no windows along this hallway. And as Aldalar leads you to a stairwell as you're climbing it more and more natural light starts to come in and as you kind of get to the ground floor of this structure you're able to see through a window and what you see outside of the window is at once familiar and foreign Hmm. 
It looks like it could almost be the countryside out of, outside of Salandrian. But every building you can see has an odd architecture to it that takes you a moment to realize it's all elven. Hmm. And as, as Aldalar's leading you up, he says, we are in the town of Cinderville, Binderville. Um, have you got a pen and paper? Um, uh, might need to write that one down. The easiest way to remember it is just call it Cinder. Okay. That's what most of the elves in the city call it. Cinder Revival. Just Cinder, for short. Right. It is a city on the border of the Greater Dwarven Empire and the Andaleth Collective. It was founded, and he's giving you this history lesson as this you're kind of so I, 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 walking out of this yeah. facility. So Aldalar's almost become like synced with Wikipedia with this technology. A bit, yes. <laughs> he's the internet now. <laughs> half man, half internet. Uh, Aldalar, do half you have- dwarf, half do, internet. Do you have a home button? <laughs> My homepage is <laughs> www.aldalarrules.gov. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <But> resistance. <laughs> he basically explains that the city uh, was founded by dwarves and elves coming together, and it was a place where a lot of the mage colleges that focused on training people outside of the elven culture. Hmm were created. Nice. But yeah, he explains that the city is a place where every race is welcome to come and learn magic. Hmm. Anyone that they they want to learn magic from. Nice. And as he leads you out into the courtyard of this building, you see another familiar face. Well, you see two. January. Oh, hello again, January. Sitting immediately to his right is a boy that you almost don't recognize at first. It seems like he's grown a lot in the last couple of months while you've been unconscious. He's like, Tomash. It is. Huh. He looks more confident and more aware than you've ever seen him. You're looking very confident and aware right now, (laughs) Tomash. And Tomash immediately (laughs) pops up and he's just like, Boris, you're finally awake! And runs up and gives you a big hug. Oh, I mean, I know it's been a few days, but... Says, oh, when Master Adelar and Master January saved us from Salandrian, I I didn't think you were going to make it, and I'm so glad that you have. Well, it's good to see you talking as well, Tabash, and, and, and considerably more animated than last time I saw you. Has has Master Adelar tell, told you uh, what's in store? We're going to learn together. Oh, well, that's that's good. Learning, well, learning is always good, and... um. That is why I uh, was training to be a wizard at uh, a school of evocation magic. Um, January stands up and Before says, I got rocks all over me. Funny thing you should say that. Why is that, January? Well, it'd probably be better coming from Aldalar. Um, and Aldalar turns to you and he says, There was an assessment done of your magical abilities and Tomash's magical abilities and it seems that although you do not have the same level of training, Hmm. you are on the same level of magical ability. So you will be put in the same class as Tomash. Oh, well, that's good. It's always good to have a a friend. (laughs) Um, Last time I saw you though, Tomash, I thought you might be like intentionally bringing down the world. So, um... Yeah, I kind of... I was kind of a little out of control. They told me, though, that I protected everyone long yeah, enough mate. for them to, to save you. They couldn't right. They couldn't save anybody else, though. It seems that the the church either captured or killed. I'm sorry about Chirp, by the way. I really liked her. 
Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, did Chirp actually For you, that seems like die. hours away. <laughs> like yeah. hours ago. I, I could see uh, through the rocks peeping through in the dim light that it looked like Barry um, attacked yeah, Chirp. Um, the most news we've had on that front, it sounds like Barry... Um, Barry betrayed all of you. Um, mm-hmm. And as, as he's kind of pausing, Aldalar speaks up and says, Don't worry, Boris. We have some of our best people trying to find out what became of everyone. It doesn't make that much sense to me, honestly, Aldalar, right now. Why, why would Barry have betrayed any of us? As far as we can tell, Barry was possessed by some sort of entity. Hmm. We are hoping that that is true and he did not consciously betray anyone. Right. But was made to betray you. That... Well, I... Hmm. I'm not sure what the correct response there is. Um, I, hmm. Maybe it's more positive if Barry was somehow himself um, controlled into doing that and we can still think that the Barry beneath is a deep loving soul who just happens to do uh, only semi-good music but maybe otherwise that's worse because I don't that, that means maybe there's, there's powers that we can't stop well we have heard from our agents in the protectorate that have been able to infiltrate some of the church's hierarchy that Barry and people like him are being held uh, and used. So we hope that that is a sign that he did not betray us purposefully. That makes sense because you wouldn't lock someone up if they were on your side. Exactly. Hmm. Poor Barry and poor, poor Chirp. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that. Let me bring you up to speed. Please do, Aldalar. Aldalar goes on to tell you basically everything that happened from his point of view from the moment he disappeared from the beholder's eye Hmm. until finding you under the rubble. As soon as he touched that clear orb and disappeared, Mm -hmm. he was instantaneously transported to the middle of the Church of the Open Eyes main war camp that, that sound was like a, preparing for the invasion. That does not sound good. He appeared in the leader's tent, like almost feet from him, <laughs> surrounded by guards and magicians and orcs and oh, just no. in a very bad situation. They spent the next month and a half torturing him. Oh, no. Taking parts off of him. Well, this is, this is horrific, Eldalor. But Aldalar never gave him. He never gave them anything. You are a champ, Aldalar. He tells you they know about you, Boris, and Barry, and Chirp, and Lazy, and Swifty. The five of you are prophesized heroes. You are the only thing that can possibly stand in the way. Um... A hero, I mean... That is why Chirp is dead. I certainly don't feel like a hero right now. 
One of the last things I overheard before I made my escape, shortly after they cut out my tongue and took my lower jaw and larynx, I heard that they were coming to attack the mainland and... Surprising they didn't take your ears as well. (laughs) Initiate their invasion because they had a contingency to get rid of one of the prophesized heroes. Hmm. I later found out that was Chirp. Poor bear person. He gives you the impression that they initiated their invasion when they did because not only were they prepared for it, they've been prepared for it for years, but they finally had their window where their leader seems to be very scared of you guys. Hmm. Because it was prophesized by one of their own prophets Mm. that a group of five Mm. would defeat him someday, Mm. would end his immortality. And you find out that this leader that they have is thousands and thousands of years old. He's older than the cataclysm that caused the continents to split and form the mountain range that separates the two continents. This sounds like an extremely impressive, scary primeval dark force like a dark lord Aldalar says he is the only thing that has made me shit my own pants can you still do that uh, Aldalar Uh, maybe if he looks me in the eyes again (laughs) but Aldalar goes on to tell you how it was about two weeks before their invasion was planned And suddenly, he was in their dungeons, and suddenly his cell door swung open, and January walked into the room. You you get around, January. I'm known to, yes. (laughs) I like to travel. It's fun. But Aldolar says, January uh, was flanked by a couple of gnomes. Right. And they very quickly explained that they were able to infiltrate the enemy's camp, find where Aldalar was, and they were there specifically to save Aldalar. This seems good. So you're telling me these gnomes did a positive thing? He says, yes, the gnomes, the gnomes are better than you think they may be. Um, Half of their society is split into supporting the church, the other half understands the importance of fighting them. It was that latter half that rebuilt me. If it was not for them, I would no longer have a voice. Well, praise be gnomes. And you can see that as like as he's bringing this to your attention, you start to notice more and more about the augments he has to his body, and you realize that it's very recognizable as gnomish technology. So it wasn't so much a home screen as a gnome screen. (laughs) (laughs) He says, yes, the gnomes rebuilt me, and although I don't have the same quality of life I once had, I am still completely dedicated to stopping the church. That is good good to hear out a lot, and it's good to see you, and... I'm glad you've made it through, it's despite all this anguish. It's good to see you too, Boris. And he clamps a weird cold metal arm on one shoulder and says, I am glad that you made it. 
Surprisingly, this is less scary than I would have imagined. I'm not apprehensive at all right now, Eldalor. Good. We are in a safe place. The church has only been able to take small, rural sections of the Andaleth Collective. The main population centers have been able to stave off their attacks. Luckily, the elves have seen this coming for a long time and were prepared. But, Boris, that all being said, it is time to start your new training. You've gone down a good path of becoming a wizard. It's now time for you to realize your true potential. And Tomash says, yay! Nice. Attention, new agents. This is me, Dr. Byron Brimstone, director of the OMEM. That's the Office for Occult Monitoring, Examination, and Negation. I'm here to give you a short intro into the adventures of the OMEN Investigations team. Join us on a comedy role-playing podcast set in the modern world, where three agents travel the globe to deal with demons, cultists, and conspiracy theories. Follow the exploits of Koala Jackson, an amnesiac Australian with a dark history. Yeah. Annabelle St. John, a gun-sticking girl from the Deep South. Is it a gun cult or is it a pony cult? And Dr. Martin, a disgraced former professor from Sweden. I mean, I am from Sweden. If you like listening to people search for monsters, aliens, entities from beyond the void, and other such hoo-ha, then you should check out Omen Investigations on all good podcast apps. Bibstone out. Dolores, remind me why we're podcasting our top-secret operations again. Right. Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it. (laughs) And we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show, and wow, we had pretty good experiences with all of them. We found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone, not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www goshortwave.com to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave. The platform for adaptive podcasting. Welcome to Queer Dungeoneers. This is an unbearable experience. If someone was listening to this, they would say, this is pure silliness. <laughs> I'm going to turn animal. into a really big cow. Moo. It is Baramos of the Fourth Circle. Free me from this orb. 
Do you have baramos in your bag? No. You can tell me if you've got baramos in your bag. No, I've got rations. You've got baramos in your bag! No, I don't. Nim, what have you done? Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. Get it now! I am great and nothing can hurt me. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I'm here to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, LibrisArcana.com. They are a dice service that does monthly subscription boxes with dice in them. Every month you subscribe to them and you get a new set of dice. Their dice are amazingly designed and some of the prettiest dice we've seen. We're very lucky to secure a sponsorship with them. So what they'll be doing for us is if you go on Libris Arcana and subscribe to their monthly dice service, uh, you can get 20% off your first month subscription by using the code BEHOLDER at checkout. Once again, get on there, get your first month subscription, and you'll get 20% off with the code BEHOLDER. Put it in at checkout and you'll be good to go. The next three months, you spend training. Great. You and Tomasha put into the same class. Sweet. I'm a little bit like I'm sure I've become super friendly with Tomash, but I'm a little I'm a little bit apprehensive of Tomash's potential skills. Oh, as I mean, you guys are, learning, I don't want him really outdoing me. Tomash very quickly is oh, outclassing oh, everyone. Yeah, he would. He has a natural affinity. For magic, he's basically a sorcerer. Yeah, he's just born into him, and he seems to be one of the most powerful magic users that your teachers have ever seen. Hmm. But you're close behind him. Hmm. That's just through sheer uh, effort, though. Not certainly not through some natural skills. Exactly. No, yeah. you 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 understand the gravitas of the situation. You understand that you are training. To go into a final battle. Right. Well, I saw that uh, one of my best friends was killed by one of my other best friends. And I'm, sh- I'm sure that has had an emotional effect, maybe supercharging my potential to pay you attention and train. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I had lots of time to think under the rocks. So. But over the next three months, you and Tomash come into a mastery of the mystic arts that quickly outclasses everyone around you. Tomas, your mastery of the mystic arts right now is substantial. Thanks, Barry. That means a lot. God damn it. Thanks, Boris. <laughs> that means a lot coming from you. Would have liked to have hoped from this amount of time, Tomas, that you would know that I wasn't Barry, but um, we do both have Bs at the start of our names, so... It's hard for and me, you okay. are an all-powerful sorcerer, so I'll probably let it go. <laughs> Over these three months, you learn things that you didn't even think was possible with magic. Yes. You and Tomash, through through Tomash's learning and Tomash's progress, you learn from him 
at a certain point. Towards the end of these three months, it starts to become where the two of you are doing things that even your teachers didn't think were possible. Wow. You both learn how to start shaping reality in ways that nice. there aren't even spells for. Nice. It's, it's a it's a instinctual nice. kind of thing. Where you're taking... you. you you recognize that feeling of reality warping around you and instead of letting it affect you you're able to learn how to grasp it and shape it and make it do what you want it to sweet to the point where you're able to grow a full beard something you've never achieved in your life to this point hang on a minute a full beard? A completely full, thick, braided beard. Like no patches whatsoever? None at all. Like I could be on a Gillette or uh, Just for Men commercial? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just for dwarfs? Just for dwarfs. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Boris, here to tell you about Just for Dwarfs. Well, I used to have a patchy beard. You can look just like me. You didn't think it was possible, but just <laughs> through, a couple of just ten modern minutes. advances in magic. Yeah, just three months at an advanced wizard school in the Underleft Collective <laughs> with a science prophet and a comb. Oh God! <laughs> you can have a thick, beautiful beard, just like me. Do you keep this? This full well. thick beard. Um. Hmm. As much as it's Boris, the most important decision of your entire life. As much life. as Boris likes, he, he might go back to the full beard at some point. But he definitely likes the ability that he can have the full beard. But he's afraid people will think he's being uppity now with his full beard. <laughs> All right. And he also wants to. Um, I don't have to do this bit in his voice. He also wants. I think. I think he's going to go back to his... Not, uh, he might not go as patchy as he was before, but he's going to leave just a little bit of patchiness still so people recognize Boris as Boris. They still think he's... Uh, you know, Also to show a degree of humility. and well, also to, to also show a, a bit of how you've advanced, right. but you're still the same person. Right, but he wants to be show the same person. He also wants to show some humility, and I think he's not going to have a full beard, and he might vouch that... I Like, he might vouch like, well, I'll never... I'll have to say I'll never have a full beard until the point at which... Justice has returned to Salandria, and um, yeah, this is for all the downtrodden and the fallen. So I will always leave a little bit of a patch to remember the fallen bird person, and <laughs> <laughs> a small canary-shaped patch in your beard. <laughs> Just for chip. Yeah, and um, for the ongoing fight and the struggle, uh, this is why I will keep the beard slightly patchy. These three months while you're training the best three months of your life yeah i mean plus i know i could have a full beard at any point right now so i'm gonna feel oh, great yeah. i mean as much as i'm showing this humility like inside like i'm like could have a full beard your confidence level soars you you feel like you're able like you're able to do anything at this point and you and tomash basically become partners yes. in the, it just how you're learning and like growing i'm batman and, to his robin yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> I'd say more He's more Superman And you're Aquaman Don't, don't make me Robin <laughs> But The next month After that You start to get More and more information About what is happening In Salandrian 
There are multiple messengers from the Protectorate that come in and start asking for more help in the war effort because they're making ground, but they're not advancing as far as they hoped they would be at this point. About three weeks before the six month mark, you're drawn back into the conflict. A messenger shows up from Salandrian, Protectorate medals on his breast, while you and Aldalar Tomash, January, and two elves that you guys have become pretty close with at this point, Jesse and James. Nice. They like to call themselves... Rocksteady and Bebop. Team Rocket. (laughs) Because they invented a special firework that shoots up into the air at a very high velocity, and they call it a rocket. It looks cat-shaped when it explodes. It does. (laughs) And it showers uh, fake money down on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Jesse and James and January and Aldalar and Tamash have become your your posse. Okay. You guys spend a lot of time together. But this Jesse, messenger, James, and January. I like it. Lots of J's. Very good. <laughs> Alliterative. <laughs> this messenger comes in and... You get word that the Protectorate has finally been able to locate Lazy, Barry, and Swifty. There's no news of Chirp, unfortunately. This would make sense because I think she was slain. Everybody still assumes she's dead at this point. At least all the news you've gotten is that she's dead. Are we? Is, is Tomash got enough power to, like, does he have any necromantic powers or are they just forbidden? Tomash is straight sorcerer. Like okay. he he doesn't have any ability to raise the dead. It's more his his seems like very <laughs> harnessed wild magic, um, and he's the one that almost started his own class within this school on reality warping magic. Cool. So what you're telling me is that him, Jesse, and James are all straight shooters. Yes. Yeah. This messenger relays that there are plans in the protectorate that they look to engage in in the next few weeks to save your friends. And Aldalar is immediately just like, I knew that I sent Penny back to the city for a good reason. I'm sure this intelligence is coming straight from her and that we should set out for the city at once. Okay, uh, Robo Aldalar, whatever you say. Robo Dal- Robo I could, yeah, I've been trying to do it the entire time. I'm like, there's got to be something with an A, and I can't come up with anything. Robolar. Eldolar 3000. <laughs> Cyber Aldolar. Just got an upgrade. Formerly run on tape. Now he runs on cartridge. The next week is spent traveling with January and Tomash, Jesse and James, and Aldolar, and a few other elves and dwarves and gnomes that all want to leave the city and come help with the war effort. As you get closer to the city, it seems like the patrols are getting thicker and thicker. Kind of like my beard. Yes. The Protectorate seems to have some sort of underground railroad system, though. Cool. To get you into the city. And as you get there, Aldalar goes and speaks with one of the the main generals working on the war effort and he comes back from this meeting and he's like well we are going to have to split up a bit 
with the knowledge that I have of the church, they've recruited me into the upper echelon of command. Um, I probably won't see you again for a bit. And he looks like he's tearing up a bit and he says, this is necessary to help the war effort. I just wish that I could be on the front lines with you. Oh, oh, Eldalar, how, how long's a bit in your estimation? Until the final battle is ready to fight. I made them agree that when the last push happens, I get to be there in the trenches right alongside everyone else that is fighting. Until then, I will give my tactical thinking and knowledge of the church to them. Boris nods and he understands. He said, well, we're going to miss you, Elderlaw, but, you know, you've already clearly gone through enough and I, I totally would concur that your superior knowledge tactically uh, would be definitely best served uh, there at the, behind. Thank you, the, Boris. The lines. And he gives you a big old hug. Yeah, I give him a big embrace and I'm like, you you look after yourself, Elderlaw, okay? He turns to Tomash and he says, Tomash, I know that you will be successful in anything you do you choose to do from this point forward. Jesse, James, January, it has been an honor to work with you, but I will need your help in the days to come. Please come with me. I already have a plan for you. Jesse, James, and January fall Aldalar out of the room. It's hmm. you and Tomash. I say, bye, yeah, Jesse. Bye, James. And, uh, yeah. Bye. 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 Team Racket is blasting off again. Bye, January. Thank you for saving me uh, multiple times recently. Boris, well, any time. Not You're... recently. It, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I'll save you any time you need saving. Well, keep that in mind, January, because it's quite possible you'll need to do it again. <laughs> so, as the two of you are sitting in your new base of operations, uh you're in the catacombs underneath Salandrian on the southwestern side. Kind this of takes me back to simpler from, times. Yeah. It seems like a small camp, but you've heard rumblings that there's a bigger camp starting to form in the center of the catacombs directly under the city. You and Tomash have about a week and a half of hanging out together before one of the higher mem- ranking members of the Protectorate comes in and says... Tomash, we have use for you. Finally, it is time for you to enter the theater of war. And Tomash looks scared but says, ah, I think I think I'm ready, Boris. Um Tomash, I hope they don't have you do anything too dangerous. I, I hope I see you again after all this. Me too, Tomash. I'm sure we will. Uh you uh remember, if ever in doubt, you are an all powerful uh, sorcerer, the like of which we've never seen on this earth. Or Salandria. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Boris. That means a lot coming from you. you. You've been one of my idols for a long time and somebody who really inspired me to to lean into my magical abilities. And honestly, if it, if it wasn't for you, I don't I don't think I'd I don't think I'd be where I am now. Boris um, <clears throat> has been uh, wants to give him before he leaves a gift. And he's fumbling around in his bag to see what he uh, what he has, and he finds he's got a couple of spear um, holders, eye investigative badges, and uh, so he's going to go. Well, there's something for you to uh, us to remember each other by Tomash, and obviously, 
do a little enchantment, um, engrave Tomash into one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Behold, it says, Beholders invite investigator. We're just never forget. We're on the same team, the same side. He takes. You're it one from of you. us now. Tears welling in his eyes, and he just the biggest smile comes across his face, and he pins it to his breast, and he says, "I'll wear it till I die, Boris." Honestly, Tomash, this just means we're family. Honestly, it's actually better than my actual family, but... He says, I'll do you one better, Boris. And he, he kind of taps on it twice, and then he reaches out and touches yours, and taps on that twice. And you you can see that he's he's put some sort of magical enchantment on him. And after this officer leads him out of the room, uh, and you're kind of sitting there by, him, by yourself, you hear Tomash's voice from the badge say, Hey, Boris... I made us a two-way radio. <laughs> Come in, hog boss. Come in. <laughs> so now you'll be able to talk to Tomash and get updates from Tomash. Too full. If you want I to. I have to learn some radio code now. Give me a task. <laughs> Ten four, good yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and out. No, uh, <laughs> so the last two weeks, for the next week, you're left pretty much to your own devices. You make your way around camp and start to get to know the people there and uh, start to feel a bit more comfortable in the surroundings. And then that same officer comes and says, comes to your uh, your birthing one night and says, Boris, we've got, we've got a mission for you. Boris looks up and he's like, I'm ready whenever you are. we would have Tomash help us along with something like this but he is uh, he's currently occupied trying to sabotage the opposition's main militaristic forces um, that sounds like quite a task if you do need me to patch in Tomash though I can communicate with him on this two way radio oh that's fine no he, he's probably in an area where he couldn't talk anyways I can ask him if you like um <laughs> That, that's, once again, that's fine. <laughs> what we need from you, though, we found the location of one of your friends. And I'm hoping that you will help us, as uh, I'm sure he will have a lot of information that is going to be crucial to helping our efforts. Which, which one of my... One of the, one of the other uh, people from the Beholder's Eye? Yes. Um, great. This is great news. Um, it's Barry. Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, hmm. Well, before you answer, see, I thought you were going to say Swifty or maybe um, la- maybe Lazy. Um, we do have information though that is Barry safe to rescue? Ah, uh, <laughs> not exactly. Barry is held within the main cells, directly under Salandrian's keep. It is the most security-dense place within the city, but we see we have found a route in through the catacombs um, that will let us ambush them and take them by surprise. We will have to be quick, as the response will be just as quick, but we think we can get Barry out of there. 
All right, then. Do you think that uh, he'll come back in a super mental state? I mean, is he still booby-trapped in any way? We don't know. Hmm. Um, we do know, though, that they are using him for something, and the intelligence we've been able to gather points towards him not being responsible for the death of your other friend. Well, this is that's good news. But I mean, either way, what whatever, nobody deserves to be trapped down there with the beholder's eye. Uh, not yeah, no, not the beholder's eye. I'm getting really confused. You have to edit <laughs> with the this church. out. <laughs> with the church of the open eye. Uh, no, he uh, he says uh, this, it's very noble of you. Um, I'm glad that you can look past the fact that he possibly betrayed you to go and save him. Um, we leave at dawn. I would definitely feel uh, uh, less... I mean, people do bad things sometimes, and um, without knowing all the facts, uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions. And also, um, even if I knew the facts, there's still suitable punishment, and uh, we need you know, we need a jury. There needs to be, needs to be rule of law in Salandria. Uh, he, he grasps you by one arm, and he says... That's how I know you're on the right side, Boris. Thank you. Plus, I have no one else to drink with. So. <laughs> well, that be be that as it may. Oh. We leave in the morning. Let's go. The next morning, you wake up four o'clock in the morning before the sun is even up. You're put together with a team of what appears to be some of the most battle-hardened elves and dwarves you've ever seen in your life like seal team six times a hundred like these people they've obviously been through some shit scarred up stealth gear fucking everybody is jacked and ripped and just ready to go you seem to be the only magic user in the group and as they're doing their briefing uh you're made very aware that they are relying on you to pull some shit off. Well, they know you've got some power now. Is my is my warhammer around? Yes. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. You you were able to. We're they were able to salvage to all of your gear. I got the sense, lads. We're going to need to use this trusty baby right here. <laughs> the infiltration goes off without a hitch. All of their intel was perfect. You were able to infiltrate these dungeons and execute a very clean rescue operation. After saving Barry, as you get back into the catacombs, he falls unconscious. Bloody hell, Barry, not again. <laughs> and the last week of the six months are spent with you sitting next to his bedside, waiting for him to wake up. And right that last day, the mm -hmm. last day, the last hour of that sixth month, Wow. His eyes snap open, and from down the hallway, mm -hmm. you hear some sort of commotion. Uh-oh. And you hear the voice of Swifty yelling, <laughs> I'm going to kill Barry! <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap, people.